There's like no good like transition. I know because I try to always make one and it's awful every time. Welcome to our Film Fathers Podcast, the definitive podcast about fatherhood, film, and fatherhood in film. This is Jelani, and with me as always are Mike Honcho and a big, fat, curly-headed fuck, Martin and Brady. If you ain't first, you're last. I'm not making myself clear. I don't give a fuck. Now, you both have several interviews tomorrow. I would think that you'd be focused on that and not building bunk beds. And this week, we revisit the comedy duo of Will Ferrell and John C. Riley with Talladega Nights and Step Brothers. Comedy gold. <laughs> it's good. So I own Talladega Nights. And you just I, watch it for the first time? Second. <laughs> Did it cut the plastic off? <laughs> it's probably my second time watching it all the way through, uh, um, like in a sitting. You I'm going to blow your mind. This is the first time I've ever seen it. No. Yeah. That's, what? What? I know. I Explain. Believe. It's... It's just one of those things that like just didn't fully happen. I had definitely seen a couple clips okay, yeah. here and there. It wasn't like I, this was completely foreign sure. to me. It just so happened that I never got there. And, yeah, I just didn't. And I think whenever I was on, it was just I, I wanted to watch the whole thing, and so I didn't. But, yeah, this was I was holding it, too. I knew um, when you said it. I was, <laughs> you were probably uh, just busted to, <laughs> to say it. That's great. I'm glad, you, I'm glad you held it for this moment. Yeah. Uh, no, first timer here. Uh, pulling the Jelani. Yeah. <laughs> I think the one, uh, the one Will Ferrell movie that I would expect that people maybe haven't seen is like semi-pro would be the one that would be like, oh, I just haven't seen it. I haven't gotten around uh, to see, it. See, there's some uh, kicking and screaming. Oh, yeah, I haven't I... seen that one either. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know. That doesn't even really count, does it? That's like not, that's like not one of these. I think they tried. <laughs> <laughs> what's the, what's the one where he, there, there's like the narrator. It's like Emma Thompson's the narrator of his life or whatever. Oh, that's like a, yeah, more of a That's series. like, I think a Woody Allen movie or something. Is it? Oh no, it's called Stranger Than Fiction. That's right. Yeah. It might not be Woody Allen. Uh, it's a book. Uh, you probably read it. No, I have not. But it, it <laughs> but it's it's just not like the Adam McKay, you know, no, this Judd is, Apatow right. thing. Not the the comedy yeah. wheelhouse of right. the guy. That was definitely a, a, a veer, yeah. and to see if he could do something else, which I think he did, but fine. But yeah, this is definitely the well, well you could maybe say like more childish comedy, right. uh, Or juvenile comedy. This is his wheelhouse. You know, yeah. this is the continuation of. Old school, which you know, which we we did a few episodes back, and and that you know that will fairly. We're even Saturday Live, truly. I yeah, mean, right. this was what he was known as. That was actually I was going to ask you guys that question. Like, what do you think? What era of Saturday Night Live? Saturday Night Live? Do you consider like our era or our generation's era? Yeah, like, we, is it? We were in multiple. I, that's that's what I think. And that, I, think I think lots of people would think that too. Yeah. Like. Because they've been, it's been whenever it's been good. Like people will identify with all of it. Like. I would I would say as early as the Mike Myers, you know, Chris Dana Farley, Carvey, Dana Carvey, Chris yeah, Rock. like Wayne's World is yeah. like the earliest I can remember. But I think I was like in fourth grade when all that was around. I remember, and yeah. it was still pretty early for me. Like I didn't watch a lot of it, but it was introduced there. So I would say this is probably more our the Will Ferrell era is like maybe more our wheelhouse. But I just don't yeah, know see, how I watched a lot of Farley it. and Sandler, yeah, um, early on, and then yeah, just there was like that dip. And then Farrell kind of, I think, was the anchor of the show at that point. So it was kind of that was kind of another, another. You know, what's the? Uh, yeah, he's a, like the state. Another generation, generation yeah. of it. And then, yeah, then he left, and it was like, who, if anyone? And then he kind of got in, I think, to like the Kristen Wig, you yep. know, 
Or maybe that's I was going to say, you had the bridge with like Tina Fey and Amy Poehler and Seth Meyers and that crew. Tina was, but truthfully, and I'm a huge Tina Fey fan, but she Same. really was more... She wasn't an actor. She right. was just a, she was a um, writer. writer and and then did, then, uh, yeah, Weekend Update. Weekend so. Update, yeah. Um, whereas, like, I think I think of Kristen Wiig as someone who, and maybe Bill Hader to an yep. extent, maybe not as, as big, but people, yeah, that were actors on the show that went on and kind of launched them into something else. Yeah, he was definitely, I think you could say... Right in our demos, uh, yeah. wheelhouse, and I associate him with you. I always think of you. I feel like you showed me like the old prospector uh-huh, clip yeah. or something. It's like like it's a hidden one on the on his DVD. Yeah, like I feel like you had the DVD. And you were like you were a big Will Ferrell. Like if yeah. I had to I had to pick one person that was a Will Ferrell fan, it'd be you. <laughs> he was he was fantastic. <laughs> and first time watching Talladega Night, so all the way through. So what did you think? Like, what was your impression? Definitely funny. I mean. We'll say, I even just mentioned it, you know, kind of like that juvenile type comedy. I think some of that stuff I probably laugh at a lot harder when the movie came out mm-hmm. than I did sitting, you know, sitting on the couch as a 40 year old. Mm-hmm. But I still found it funny. And I, you know, I appreciated, to tell you the truth, the, the funniest line in the movie to me wasn't even said by uh, Farrell or John C. Riley. John, it, excuse me, John C. Riley. Was it by, um, who's it? Tell me who's it I don't by. even know the guy's name. Oh. But it was, they're just sitting in the bar, and, and uh, the dude from Thirty Rock, uh, Jack McBrayer, McBrayer, is talking about his like old grandma. And the guy's like, "Get her a coffin." <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to get her. Like, get her a coffin. I, I mean, I legitimately had tears in my eyes. I was laughing so hard, I just felt like they came out of left field. And I was like, "This is the funniest time. I've, this is the hardest I've laughed at this movie so far." See, I think the, I think the funniest line is uh, when he goes, "Don't you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby?" And that gets me. He's <laughs> like, "I hope you have beautiful children." I <laughs> just the way he's the way he just animates and and says that delivers that line is great. But yeah, Jack McBrayer, I I, I wondered like I, I looked he's at a the take, time. T- he's a take or leave. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I I like him, but like this is definitely the birth of Kenneth, right? Like from Thirty Rock. Did you did you watch Thirty Rock? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, it's the same year. I looked. I looked you think at, this was the birth of that character? I mean, it's it's. I was I was going to ask like, does he always seem to play the same character? And he he does. does. Like everything I've seen him in, he's always like this. Awkward. You know, yeah, this yeah. Uh, like Opie yokel yeah. guy. Um, uh, just very innocent. Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Yeah, still, yeah, still same, the same. Same kind of same kind of thing. So, so I, I didn't know if like you know Tina Fey looked at this and was like, I definitely oh, yeah, don't write you love in. him. Um, I, I think, like I said, that's why I think he's he's kind of a take it or leave it uh, actor. I think there's people who watch Thirty Rock kind of like Mary for sure, and so, me to an extent. I was like, yeah, okay, I don't. He's just not. He doesn't do it. I'm, I'm with you there. I think he. I think he added a lot to the show. I thought this. What they did with him and Tracy Morgan were was funny yeah. on, on that show, um, and no one else could have really played it. But um, yeah, it's not like I love <laughs> yeah. the character or the right. actor. Yeah, so I'm with you. I I wouldn't say I love this movie. I enjoy this movie, but I also enjoy the Southern accent when it's not laced in racism and bigotry. <laughs> and so when you come in the movie like this, you're like, all right, I can tolerate this redneck <laughs> backwards thinking. <laughs> like it's fine now. That's I think that's that's a hundred percent on, especially like how they push everything, right? Like with Gerard being um being gay and married yeah. and how they like play into that, <laughs> lean into that, and then they kiss at the end. I I thought, yeah, I think all that is, is kind of funny. Like they're pushing pushing out pushing on that toxic masculinity of NASCAR and South and and you know, playing on the stupidity of of what the yeah. stereotype is. Right. I think I saw somewhere it was that was how they pitched the movie. It was like six words. Will Ferrell as a NASCAR driver. <laughs> this is what this is what we, we're going to tackle that that world 
uh, with Farrell and, you know, coming off of Anchorman. And so I had read that John C. Riley read for Anchorman for uh, Champ, maybe, I think, or Brick. Maybe he was going to be Brick, but he was. Which one's Brick again? Steve, Steve Carell. Carell. Oh, Steve Carell. Okay. He was filming um, The Aviator. And, mm. and so he had obligations. And McKay's like, dude, you got to score a Stacey movie. Like, just <laughs> do what you got to do. Um, but he killed. And they were like, this guy is hilarious. We really, they, they really wanted him. And that that spawned into Talladega Nights and obviously into the other movie we'll talk about, Step Brothers. Farrell and him clicked, which I think it's hard to argue with their chemistry throughout this movie and, and the other. Yeah, it was born in auditioning for Anchorman. And I think coming out of. I would say more known for kind of a dr- dramatic character actor. Yeah, when was Chicago? Uh, the the musical Chicago. You know, the yeah the film. Oh, version. two. Okay. See, the first I could really I, I, that I really saw him in um, was Paul Thomas Anderson uh, Magnolia. I mean, yeah. that's super. Like he was a very tragic. He's like, in Boogie Nights before. In, I'm sorry. Yeah, Boogie Nights yeah. too. That's yeah. that, that's so absolutely him and Paul right. Thomas Anderson are friends. Yeah. Um, and actually, that's kind of spawned his comedic. Um, they said him. They used to just mess around. I was reading a G, a, actually a pretty good GQ article from years ago, and it, it was talking about him and Paul Thomas Anderson. Like they would mess with Philip Seymour Hoffman. Like if he had people over, they would just like go act like cops and like break it up. And like PTA would film it and just like handheld film it, and he would just like completely go in in character and loved the whole practical joke, like just being completely outrageous. And that turned to him. It like, kind of scratched an itch. And that, if you like, you'll notice that he veers into more comedic roles, and then all of a sudden, he, that's kind of what it became. And I'm sorry, I, I messed it up. The first thing I made saw him in was yes, Boogie Nights for sure. But then Hard Eight is an earlier movie by Paul. It's, it's like I think Paul Thomas it, first. I, yeah. it's really good. Um, also, but it's '96, so yeah, so he was definitely in. Well, he was dramatic. apparently in Days of Thunder, ironically enough. Oh, really? But I don't remember him. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't remember. Him uh, that's funny. I know. I was like, I, in hindsight, I was like, oh, we could have done a uh, full-on uh, NASCAR episode. It just got Days of Thunder into uh, Talladega. Nights. See, I was hoping we were coming to the end of our, our racing like streak. <laughs> we did Ford versus Ferrari. Once you're in the family, it's you a, never it's, right. it's in your blood. <laughs> it's a lot of, uh, yeah, I mean, he's... Fast February becomes uh, Fast yeah. 2021. Fast it's, forever. But it's actually pretty crazy, and we don't need to do it, but it, you should, if you look at uh, John C. Riley's like full IMDb, it's pretty actually impressive. I mean, he's been in some crazy good movies. I wouldn't even recognize Hardy at although I have heard of it. Mm-hmm. But what's he didn't give up a great before that? Oh. Not who's known for that movie, but he is. And he was in like, I think they said three Best Picture nominations in one year in 02. Gangs of New York, Chicago, yeah. and The Good Girl, maybe. But yeah, three of the five movies he was in. <laughs> yeah, it's and said it was, like, it was like a cult uh, John C. Riley award they give to whoever's in the most uh, Best Picture films in a year. I thought that was just such a random thing for. I remember from uh, for Love of the Game. He's the catcher. Martin looks like he's never seen it. No, I've seen like it, but, seen it's, either, but it's been a while. That's the that's um, Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner, Kevin Costner yeah. Kelly, Kelly Preston, I think, is in it. Yep. Yeah. But yeah, he's he's the catcher of the. It's the whole time. So and I'm that, that's kind of what I feel like I remember him from before anything else. Much more known for being almost like a complete joker. Yeah, I feel like the you know the funniest people. Are the uh, funniest actors are the ones that have really good dramatic chops. Like someone like Alec Baldwin, back to Thirty Rock. Sure. Like, I think he's hilarious, but that's because he's you know obviously has proven proven himself as a dramatic actor as well. So just right off the bat, is Reese Bobby one of the worst dads? 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, probably. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Drives right past the hospital and doesn't even stop. Just slams on the brakes to pop the kid out. Career day. <laughs> How did he even find out about career day? He's like, what's it been, three, four months? <laughs> Ten and years. <laughs> um, and a great, uh, a great actor. Yeah, and, uh, he'll always be lumbering to me. Right? Yeah, Gary I Cole. know, and that's I can't, I can't not see it. He's been in a bunch of stuff, and mm-hmm. he's really good. Been in, in the it. West Wing in a serious yeah. role. Um, your favorite Veep, Veep, yeah, yeah. Say, yeah. yeah. Veep. and uh, you know, very dry. Yes. Um, in that, but hilarious. And the Lumberg thing is just that an iconic role. Yeah, yeah. I remember when I saw, I watched him in West Wing after. Um, yeah, after watching wild, Office yeah. Space, and and um, and I was just like, I just, I just can't. I could almost like not. I, I didn't. I'm like, why would you cast him? Like, yeah. It does not work. But he was great, and he was really good. But it's just I couldn't see past the com- com- comedy. It's, it's hard to, especially when you you have the in the the our time frame. You have icon- this iconic character slash lines that everyone knows and quotes, and yeah, that's what you're going to be known as. Yeah, but this was definitely kind of a, I felt like a solid. He was great. The uh, the dinner scene in the beginning when he's praying to the little baby Jesus. We say that in my family all the time. Well, I'll pray to the little baby Jesus. <laughs> I like to picture him as a little baby. <laughs> uh, and then with the the boys Walker and Texas Ranger, the the come at you like a spider monkey. Right. <laughs> like I was like, where, who writes this line? I was throwing Grandpa Chip's war medals off the bridge. <laughs> so funny but like where how many did they go through before they landed on that one <laughs> the kids were pretty good at delivering kids were great too. yeah they were great uh we named a couple actors but obviously farrell and riley you know holding down the movie but uh, an early sasha baron cohen like movie role i think everyone he had the ali g yeah show and maybe did they make a movie the analogy movie he did Borat before this, right? Was that before this? I don't think the movie was. The show might have been. The character might have been created. But what I, year was this? Oh four. Oh yeah, I think it was after. You're right. I think Borat was later. Oh six. Yeah, yeah. So this, I think, was yeah kind of a launching pad in terms of getting him. Yeah, I mean, really, pretty small stuff. I'm sorry, this is oh six, same year. Okay, that that makes that seems to make more sense because I think I remember everything before that's his show, and then he was a voice in Madagascar. Yeah, because uh, because I, I remember yeah Ron Ron I remember thinking when I watched this that oh he's in something else other than Borat or yeah you know, and, and, and I don't know Riley you G. could be right I mean one could have come out in February and the other one in you know in December but they both are listed as 06. So you ever watch the show? It's it's pretty pretty damn funny. <laughs> I did. I remember back in around that like early 2000s watching some of it and i think i kind of thought it was funny and then i kind of thought it was annoying and uh didn't really dive too hard i I was in london in 2003 and that's when it was like first came out it was huge and he was like all over the the tube like you you see like the thing i'm like who who, and it just looked you know i didn't know that it was a joke so i'm like is this what people i think think that was you know i didn't know that either and that was that's the whole i mean that's again it just sells it because yeah, and that so was I was exactly just like, "This is just annoying." Know. Yeah, it yeah. was just very annoying. But then, then when you know it's all a joke, it's like, okay, I, you know. And Bora, I think, is his, favorite, his best character. But, but yeah, I thought I thought Gerard, I thought this was a pretty, pretty good character too, and you know, funny, funny accents. Yeah, <laughs> just the way he says "booby." <laughs> uh, Michael Clark Duncan, obviously uh, known. We 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 touched on him when we did Armageddon. Yeah, um, Chicago guy. So is uh, John C. Riley. Oh yeah, yeah. I think he said Oak Park. Oh, nice. Um, uh, before we, we, I want to get back to Sasha Barrett. There was one line that he said that I thought was funny for this crew in particular. Uh, he said, I want to design a currency for dogs and cats to use. And I'm like, 
Did he have the idea for Dogecoin? He <laughs> <laughs> was big in the NFTs back then. Yeah, right. He didn't know it. Someone was someone was watching a movie. They're like, I got it. Gonna <laughs> make Shiba Inus. Did he ever do anything with that? No. All right, I'm gonna own. We're this. doing it. Our girl Leslie Bibb is back. I was I was just gonna say like every every movie that I've you know like I've seen and I'm like wait who is that girl again? It's been Leslie Bibb. I feel like I watched Iron Man with Colin. We watched Law Abiding Citizen. And I'm like who is that? You know, yeah. Like this time I'm like. It's her again. And I just watched um, the Babysitter series. It's a Netflix like comedy horror thing. And she's the mom in that, too. Oh, really? And she looks very different. She has dark hair and short. And I'm like, who? I had to look her up. Like, each time I have to look her up. And I'm like, surprised. That's good. Um, Jane Lynch. I was surprised to see Jane Lynch early. I mean, again, watching this for the first time, this felt like it had to be early for her. But I thought so too. And she looked like they made her old. Yeah. And she's not like she was definitely younger than she played, but like now she's caught up to that. I feel like age that she was playing here. I don't know. It's it's weird. She just she just always seemed older to me than I think she really was in this. <laughs> when was Forty Year Old Virgin? Oh five, year before. Year okay. before, yeah. So this so, depending so yeah. on when they did it, yeah, wind up wind up kind of like right back to back almost. Yeah, she didn't have to be super funny per se in this necessarily. I don't know necessarily took advantage of her comedy, um, but she was good I yeah mean, yeah i think i think she knew again like i i would have forgotten i i did kind of forget that it was her as the ground meaning that she blended into that role right yeah and obviously looked i mean long hair it just like you said making her look old amy adams you know talk about someone who's gone on to big things <laughs> and uh you know oscar nominated uh actress and she's been in plenty of stuff so i was surprised to see her definitely looking young as well uh, andy richter yeah <laughs> Again, I kind of forgot about that. Yeah, that play, he's just got a school special place in my heart from back in the Conan days. Yep. Uh, Molly Shannon, I thought was fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> I, I had that same same note. I'm like Molly Shannon. Just it, she added. She's so a much. take it or leave it. I think too, and I. I take. I, I don't. Know. I don't generally love her, but I thought this character was just perfect to have like oh, this yeah. funny thing that just kind of came back a few times and got more ridiculous. No, just being hammered, and then yeah. when the cars are going by, and she's getting off. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I just was a perfect, dying. perfect uh, little character. Um, David Kechner, uh, which I was had to do a double take because he didn't really have much going, much to do. To do right. But, uh, and we mentioned McBrayer, but yeah, just I was really impressed with the uh, Adam McKay cameo. Did you catch him? Yeah. yeah, in both. <laughs> True. We'll, we'll get yeah. we'll get the second one, but yeah, just I didn't. This is the first time I caught his cameos in both in both these movies. But yeah, in Tale of the Nights, he was uh, the race car driver, right in the beginning, right? Who, who basically quit? Who took this? Who was eating the sandwich? <laughs> eating the sandwich. And uh, another connection between the two, a Rob Riggle. Yeah, I think did he, he even say a word as as that sportscaster? Because they were like dumbfounded. Yeah. Right? Oh, that's a good question. Maybe later on he said something, but I remember the first time I saw him, like he just sat there and dumbfounded, and that was it. I was like, perfect. Yeah, and I think he's. I I know a lot of people who don't really think he's all that funny. I I think he has his moments, but he's For definitely sure. over the top. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I can understand why people might be uh, less than thrilled, but uh, yeah. So some correlations between the two movies. Oh, obviously Elvis Costello. And most of them, yeah. as <laughs> themselves. We were watching, and, and Jane goes, isn't that the Italian job? And I'm like, what are you talking about? And then I looked, and I'm like, oh, it is most of them. <laughs> yeah, Yaslin Bay. Yeah, right. Now, <laughs> previously, he used to be named most of but now he changed his name. Oh, he did? Yeah. I didn't know that. So, yeah, uh, pretty impressive. I was, I was, it was a lot of like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I'm watching it, I'm just like, 
you know, not seeing this, especially down the road, I don't know if anyone at the time was like, oh, Amy Adams is in this. But I was like, holy shit, Amy Adams is in this. <laughs> so I think that took watching it uh, way too late. But I was impressed with the uh, with the cast, to say the least. Yeah. I uh, Again, when you go back and you watch it from, you know, obviously from your standpoint of never seeing it, you see all these people in there. You're like, oh, my gosh, like, what were they all doing? And why did they all sign on for this silly, ridiculous film? But I think, it, like, it had a lot of, like, moments of, for, for what it was, like, when Cal kept calling him and was like, hey, your house is haunted. What are you doing all this? He's like, why are you talking to me? You stole my life. <laughs> He's like, all right, well, I'll talk to you tomorrow. He's like, sounds good. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Yeah, I thought their friendship was interesting. I mean, you know, he's like, I'm a little confused by your tactics. <laughs> so I'm just going to keep acting tough. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I thought it, it this time watching it, I actually picked up on the, the kind of message of the movie. Like there is like a lesson there of... Uh, you're mentioning <laughs> no, kind of, kind of like the opposite. Like it's, it's kind of like he, me- he, he mentioned. <laughs> he mentions it. He says, you know, I, I, I was was taught that you have to win in order to be worthy of love. You know, and that's that's like a huge, I think, problem in this day and age with men in general. Like in toxic masculinity, is that men feel they have to, you know, be the best, be the best, win. Um, be earners, you know, have have great jobs, do all the things. If they don't, if they don't do things for um, women, then they won't be worthy of love. So, like him saying at the end to his dad, he's like, "I got my got my girl here, I got my kids here, I got my mom here. Who, no matter what happened in the race, they were going to love me anyway. Like even if I didn't perform, it's like a very important message for men to hear. And I, I totally like glazed over it every time I've seen it before, but this time, you know, I bet as, a lot of people have. Yeah, exactly. Like you guys are like, that's eh, not, not a big deal. But I think that's. You know that's uh, the way I'm I'm looking at it now from like as a dad and as uh, just you know and more enlightened male maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you think uh, looking at it back, you know, also looking at him and his responsibility as a dad changes obviously when his kids are just lawless running around <laughs> taking the water hose and squirting it into person <laughs> guy's house and um, but yeah, you can see the change in, in Ricky Bobby and obviously you know him growing up and not realizing that he has to be first every single time. And, you know, he can have some points where it's just him, you know, enjoying what he has and what he has around him uh, to keep him going. Um, I noticed a lot of Steve Earle. Do you guys know who Steve Earle is? The uh, musician. And I, again, I had the, uh, I always have the um, subtitles on. So it was a lot of his songs. That name but, sounds familiar. Um, he's a re- he's, he is one of my, one of my favorite musicians. He's a very cool. He was in um, The Wire. He was in oh. season one of The Wire too. Okay, um, that could be how I recognize. He was like the but... um, like the recovering um, addict, like that ran like the oh, whatever yeah. the, uh, yeah. the alcohol Alcoholics Anonymous or whatever it was. Anonymous? A- 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 <laughs> Did I not say the word right? Anonymous. Anonymous. AA. He ran the AA meetings or the NA meetings or whatever it was. He was just his, a lot of his music was played um, in, in in the movie. I just had noticed it before, um, which I thought was a. Um, they missed that they should have played Copperhead Road, which is one of his bigger songs. And it's about like bootleggers. And they mentioned like that's how NASCAR got its start from like bootleggers trying to out, out, um, you know, yeah. outrun cops. And then they would race each other to see who had the fastest cars. Um, that's kind of what Copperhead Road is about. So I'm like, God, he, they should have played that. Song. He did the soundtrack for Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. We maybe had talked about it on that. Oh, he did? No, I don't think we talked about it. I didn't, I didn't know. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. That's, or, what, that's what it was known for. Yeah. <clears throat> 
Um, Surprised you didn't know that. I uh, I actually had made a note. This will not probably check all your boxes, but I actually made a note about the music in the movie. I said low key. I thought it actually had a really good uh, soundtrack for the movie that it was uh, with Motley Crue, Kickstart My Heart, yeah. Buck Cherry, uh, Lit Up, Leonard Skinner, Give Me Three Steps, Kings of Leon, Holy Roller, Novocaine, uh, the French Paint It Black version. I thought it was pretty yeah. awesome. Yeah, actually. that was cool. Yeah, um, and completely out of nowhere. Um, Journey, Faithfully. And uh, Saliva, Martin's favorite song, Click, Click, Boom. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think it worked for... Uh, it, that's what I mean. It, it yeah. worked for the movie that it was. A lot of that... And Monster Magnet, Space Lord. ACDC, TNT. It, it just, there was some really solid music for, for the movie. I, I kept noticing it over and over again. I was like, oh, wow. So... And they just met, like, I think in both of these movies, but in this one, they just mention a lot of random musicians, too. Like, they have most stuff in Elvis Costello. Yeah. And then his, his shirt, he's like, she ruined my Crystal Gale Crystal shirt. Gale. I'm like, who oh, is that? I never heard of that. Super long hair growing up. I remember her. I never Country heard singer. of it. I had to look her up. Hair down to, like, the floor. Because <laughs> I, I, I saw his shirt that said Crystal. I just didn't recognize it at all. So <laughs> I, it had meant I, nothing to me. I actually died when I was I'm glad, said I'm glad that you know it because I was I was going to ask you. I was I was thinking that you guys wouldn't know who yeah, that was either. I remember. I couldn't tell you a song by her, but I remember her growing <laughs> up. And I think her hair was like a, a trait that was she was kind of known for. But yeah, so it was that that was a funny line to me for that exact reason. It was such a random name to throw out there, let alone a shirt. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like when he's like El Diablo, <laughs> which is not that funny. But then when he goes, I think it's like a Spanish Spanish fighting chicken. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it's good. He always has it wrong, right? Whale's vagina. <laughs> make it uh, make it work for you. Make the joke funny. That was uh, so right around this time. There was a lot of people started taking like bits and things from this for our, like fantasy football names and whatnot, like Shake and Bake and El Diablo and Magic Man and. So yeah, so you saw the like the popularity of it. The other film where these guys come back together is Step Brothers in two thousand eight, which only two years later they it go felt, back to the well. It felt way later to me for some reason. Like I it felt like Step Brothers was ten years later, but uh I remember where I was like when I watched it, so I actually could have told you it was oh eight. Um because I, yeah, when it when it hit we I, I went and saw it in LA uh when I was traveling and it was like, What is this? Yeah, we gotta watch it, but but yeah, for me, it wasn't, obviously, I had no correlation to the Talladega movie, Yeah. Um, but these two are just on a level that, that isn't fair on TV or on screen for the chemistry they have together. Yeah. So, so I think it, like, when I when I first came, I think I might have had a little bit of fatigue on, on them at that point. So I was like, oh, another one where they're just playing whatever. I knew it, it was a funny premise, but even when I first saw it, I was like, I didn't love it. And then on repeated viewings, I, I, I'm like, I'm crazy for never... For not thinking this was hilarious on the first <laughs> on the first viewing, because I just find it it's probably will it's probably my favorite Will Ferrell movie if I'm going to be bold and, and say that. But I it's there's a good chance I'd have to probably give them all. I, I actually would deservedly give every every one of them a fair shake. Yeah, maybe not kicking and screaming, but <laughs> and but it's it I absolutely love. This I mean, movie. the first half alone, I think it's I, I think the first half. It's much stronger than the second, but like even even like the first like forty minutes, I think is just nonstop. Oh, and yeah. I will say that you know I mentioned them, but I thought ridiculously well cast the mom and dad. Yeah, uh, Richard Jenkins and uh, our girl Mary Steenburgen. Yeah, Virgin Bergen, Virgin? not sure, Virgin. but um, we talked about her before. But yeah, they just a fantastic mom and dad for the for the for the movie, and Absolutely. how they're not just like abs- and probably were laughing the entire time is beyond me oh but. they you there were scenes where you could see 
Mary was losing it. She lost it at the Catalina wine mixer. And she just Is that when she had to walk away? <laughs> she, couldn't, she couldn't keep her face up towards the camera because you see her just laughing. But yeah, so you had a lot of people that, that reunited for stepbrothers in 2008. TLDW. Two grown-up boys are forced to live together and become best friends. Yep. <laughs> I mean, that's uh, the, the quotables, right? Yeah. We just oh. become best friends? Yep. <laughs> I, was, in the garage? I was right there with you, Martin. The first time I saw it, I was like, all right, maybe. And, and then rewatching it again and again. Uh, so funny. So funny. I think I just, you know, you, you probably missed a few things. And Definitely. some things just take takes a little bit to, to marinate sometimes. I know, yeah, we, we've talked about it with Billy Madison and Tommy Boy, at least for me, like both of those, I uh, appreciate a lot more as, as on repeated viewings. And I think this one, it's just the, the writing and cast make it like even su- superior to those because it's such a great story too, such a great concept. Yeah. I think because <laughs> there are probably people that, you know, just like we talked about 40 year old virgin, there are probably a lot more 40 year old people that are, um, at, you know, living at home with their parents. <laughs> it's probably not that uncommon. I remember my first beer. <laughs> <laughs> so you had Adam McKay and Will Ferrell again, writing this and then, you know, Ferrell hasn't really written. I looked, you know, I was thinking they had, they, that he was more involved in some, he wrote anchor man. Together, Talladega, and this, and then Anchorman Two. That's all Farrell and McKay did writing together. But I haven't seen Anchorman Two, but that's a pretty impressive uh, yeah. trio to to knock out. Anchorman Two, worst sequel ever. <laughs> ah, such a bold statement. Uh, it was. I mean, maybe it's because, and I, I've talked about this before uh, on the on the pod, but it's just because my the expectations were high because they got everybody back, and it, it was like if they had an off director or had to bring in a different cast member uh, it, but it was definitely just a cash grab Money like grab. yeah it was a cash grab uh, of a sequel and uh, and they just had a ter- a terrible script with not that much i mean maybe again maybe on repeated viewings it'll be something that that there's some jokes that i missed or something but the the plot in and of itself was just terrible Allison jones is a casting director on both of these films so oh. she was able to get a lot of the same people back there's a couple of other Judd Apatow favorites or just mm-hmm. characters. One that jumped out to me when when I saw her was uh, Romney Malco's girlfriend from Forty Year Old Virgin is the woman that comes in to view the house and they are they're pretending he's dead. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's like, I've seen too many dead bodies and run. <laughs> That's like, Romney's uh, girlfriend or wife in the from Forty Year Old Virgin. Oh, okay, but you also had it's we already mentioned dope. dope. From stoop. Why you sound talk? <laughs> so speaking of Derek, Derek, uh, Adam Scott. Uh love Adam Scott. I, th- I think he's great in this too. Yeah. yeah, I, I mean, almost everything I've seen him in, I think, I, he's exactly, I would, he's got a role in my movie. Is what, is where I'm going. <laughs> yeah, nice. Wow, we haven't had one in a while. I know, I know. <laughs> this, this movie could have a lot of people that you know. Uh, Catherine Hahn, I have to give so much credit to. I was dying She's, every time she was on scene. She is. And for, I think, starting out as kind of just a side, almost nondescript character. Yeah. And then becoming, obviously, a, a focal point of of the story and what she's gone on to do. Yeah, exactly. She's really, I mean, especially. I think this is the first movie I've seen her in. I actually was checking to see how. Well, it's the first thing I remember. So she's the one who says he'll read anything that's on the teleprompter in Anchorman. 
Okay, yeah. So, I mean, technically, sure, that's the first sure, thing. For sure, for sure, yeah. I She's saw, also I saw her Michelle name on How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Get your shit together. <laughs> <laughs> but, yes, I, I mean, I, I I remember. Oh, she said Jelani's movie, The Holiday. I don't know. I still yeah. haven't seen, so. <laughs> Get on it. I Watch know. it. Literally, yes. Mary brought it up the other day. She's like, oh, I know this person from The Holiday. I was like, I still haven't seen it. I was like, oh, yeah, you, you're not a part of that conversation. <laughs> Is that Kate Winslet and Jack Black? Oh, it was Kate Winslet. It was from Easter. We were watching yeah. Mary of Mar- Easter. Mary of Easter. Yes, yeah. That was that was really good. Yeah, we won't spiral too far off. <laughs> okay. I, I, that's why I text you guys. I'm like, it's a heck. I mean, Kate Winslet is pretty pretty good in everything, right? Yeah. yeah. So so but, get, uh, get on that one. Too. This is early for her. And I I do I just remember seeing I remember the first time seeing her and thinking that whole thing was hilarious. Yeah. Just well, then she's how, standing up. How peeing. much she hated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just think the first the first time she caught her, she's just like, I hate my life, and he's just like, Honey, let's go. Did she, you struck. the the terminology was fantastic the concept of that that a wife would you know hate her husband hate her life so much that she would just be turned on yeah be turned on by the fact that somebody hit her husband I think it's just perfect you can see it when when they're they're in the car oh yeah singing and she's just like yeah but still was in it you know yeah I feel like you got the tip of the iceberg there but it was yeah all of a sudden it really there's she, a lot and she played on. it really you know really well and really funny um but straight serious you yeah, know? yeah so that's i mean yeah she's very talented she <laughs> is and i said i'm having a year off yeah. you know on uh on wandavision. WandaVision. wandavision so yeah. yeah she's uh she's made it at this point so yeah she, once, once you're in the mcu i think you're pretty good right you're 100 you're good to go <laughs> everything you touch is now gold nice <laughs> fun fact i learned about this on this cast, there was a Shira Piven, who I obviously the name caught my eye. Apparently, it's Jeremy Piven's sister and also Adam McKay's wife. Oh, interesting. She, yeah, he's married to uh, Piven's sister, Shira. She was a nurse. <laughs> was was McKay's kid in I think, The Little Girl? I think actually his he one of his kids is in this movie. Lil Rose McKay. Lily Rose McKay is a seven-year-old girl. Yeah, at the playground. Oh, at the playground? I, I thought... that's. I think that's the girl... That they're talking about. Is that the same little girl that was in the that short that they did where it was like Pearl? I'll have your rat, and she's like, I'm I'm drunk or whatever. Maybe. I think it was Adam McKay's daughter, or maybe Judd Apatow. They have something. two two kids, so that was on like Funnier Die. It was one of like the first like Funnier, funnier Die. Videos. The first one was the landlord, I think. Right, the yeah, that's, that's the one I'm talking about. Oh, he's like Pearl. Yeah. I'll have yeah. your, Are you drunk, Pearl? And she's like, Yeah. <laughs> it was it was somebody's cat. I think it was Adam McKay's. Because I remember that, makes sense. that was like the first time I heard his name. And I, and I didn't really, you know, know yeah. much of him. But people were, like, criticizing him for letting his daughter, like, do that. And they're like, dude, the girl doesn't even know what she's saying. She's, like, one year old. And it's super like, funny. yeah, I like this. <laughs> or it might have been, it might have been no, him, too. No, I don't yeah. think it was him. I'm just saying, he, he took that lesson. Yeah. He's like, the, he's the like, kids my, are going to be in this stuff. My girls are in everything, yeah. Right, because that was with Will Ferrell, where he's the guy yeah. Yeah. playing the, yeah, the tenant. And just like, get off my back, girl. <laughs> Uh, but this movie is nonstop. I, I I know you talked about kind of like the first forty minutes. I I do feel like even the even if it lulls a little bit, it, yeah. it rebounds immediately Correct. into the and, Catalina Wine Mixer. I think is all. Well, cool. Yeah, there was a little bit of a lull when I don't know. I think when the parents like looked like they were like when they were getting the divorce, like that whole part. But after it, you know, it, it has a strong last final act too. And I'm being hypercritical of it there. Like there's it's fine. <laughs> there's no really no complaints. Well, and you mentioned the when the they're doing the dead body, just the when they're the Nazi when he's mowing. The, you know, he's got a lot of fertilizer. <laughs> I should have uh, taken down the German uh, line he says to Derek, which because I I was uh, it never never stops making me laugh. So, and just I mean, it'll always be funny when somebody teabags a drum set or teabags anything. 
It's like, I'm going to put my balls on your drums. <laughs> like, just just funny. You know what's good for shoulder pain? If you lick my butthole. <laughs> <laughs> it just, it shouldn't still make me laugh, but it does. You, we mentioned uh, Richard Jenkins in the beginning, and he plays the dead. I just loved his, Will Ferrell's, like, reaction to him. Like, how he was just like, uh, all right, Dr. Dobbin. Or, Mr. Dobak. <laughs> Mr. Dobak. Dr. Dobak. Like, yeah. Dr. Dobak. He's like, you don't have to call that. All right, Dobak. <laughs> The, the handshake, uh, hug, nothing. <laughs> just walking away. He's he's great just like completely falling apart through the, you know, to the point of getting to uh, Christmas Eve and heading to... Cheesecake Factory. That made me laugh too that that Tony picked. You stink of scotch and cheesecake. <laughs> See, and that's the part I'm saying is probably the lull, but that still was, yeah. was hilarious. It's, just, like, it's Christmas Eve. He's like, oh, Merry Christmas Eve. <laughs> <laughs> just walked out the door. There's just a bunch of those, and yeah, I mean, there's some over the top stuff, you know, like the sleepwalking, and uh, the, you know, they're just destroying the house. And I bet I can only imagine they just had an absolute blast, just destroying everything, anything, yeah, I everything. Would. Right. I would love to just be like, just do whatever you could think of to what, while you would be sleepwalking and destroy a kitchen. <laughs> Especially put the couch cushions in the uh, in the uh, oven. oven. Yeah, yeah. hearses in the refrigerator or a freezer. <laughs> Mary said she could heard me laughing, and she knows too. When I told her what I was watching, she's like, "Oh, you love that movie?" I was like, "I know." <laughs> so when Prestige Worldwide makes their first appearance, wide, 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 another uh, fantasy football name. <laughs> I'm pretty sure in most leagues at some some time or another. Uh, was the boats and hose? Was that the inspiration for "I'm on a boat" by the Lonely Island Boys? <laughs> they figure that they watch this and they're like, "Hey, we should do one of those." <laughs> Worked for them very, very much. Could have been, could have been. I, I, I love uh, the Horatio Sands. Yeah. The uh, oh god, the, I didn't even write that. Yes, the, the Billy Joel. 80s. We only do eighties. Strictly do eighties, sir. <laughs> it's such a such a great concept. Did you, right. It's yeah. such a random. Did you see who the heckler was? Uh, yeah, it was our guy from. Well, I know. I forget now. It's, but the, it's, it's yeah. he, and he's from Veep, but he's from yeah. uh, Matt Walsh. Matt Walsh. Oh yeah, there yeah. you go. <laughs> What is it? Piano Man. Well, the first one's Piano Man. The other one is um, I can't even remember. It's not Piano Man the second time around, but and that's when he when Horatio loses his shit. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, just that idea is so funny. And maybe it just exists, and they thought it was funny. But like, uh, I thought that was fantastic. Again, <laughs> okay, like you could picture them around the writers' room, right? Just being like, "What if we had a cover, a Billy Joel cover band that only did a?" And the guy got really pissed off if he asked him for anything outside of. Yeah, I just think Joel. Horatio is a fantastic front guy for yeah. it. Uh, I've always. And then when they do go up there, just him, you know, he's singing this aria? beautiful aria, yeah, opera, <laughs> operatic thing, and it actually does sound pretty damn good. Yeah, and then you just got Dale in the back going boats and boats. <laughs> I mean, the first time I, I lost it because <laughs> I, I, I forgot about that. I forgot that he, he kept going boats and yeah. boats in the back of it. Still sticking to it. <laughs> even the even the drumming was a little bit much for what was happening, but yeah, fantastic. Yeah, very good. The Yoda shirt, always on. <laughs> I love the Chewbacca mask, too. He was like, it's okay, mine's not movie quality. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, that mine's not movie quality. <laughs> oh, it just it delivers the entire way through. Such a big fan. Yeah. And again, they, with the, as we said, like the cameos from Talladega Nights, you had cameos all over the place in this one. With Riggle had more to do in this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pow! <laughs> yeah. Why is he saying that? He's saying pow? 
uh, Seth Rogen as the the clerk. <laughs> Let's do this. There's something about what well, yeah. <laughs> unless you guys are like the weirdest people, I'm not seeing it. Second layer. I mean, when he says, "I can taste it in my mouth," and onions and ketchup, I'm like, "Oh my god." Who writes that line too? It's so good. It's really good. I, I mean, you could go the other one too, and she's like, "Who's this gentleman behind you?" Which, <laughs> Hello, lady. What did you say? Exactly what he said. But he and I watched, knowing it's coming. I'm like watching, and he he really is perfectly silhouetted because their hair is just it's just so right. Are you saying pan? I think I can help with the pan pan situation. <laughs> oh, two M's. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah, the and that's where we see uh, McKay again. He's one of the interviewers. I think the biggest part of why I never noticed him before because I didn't know what he looked like until well, right. I saw him in interviews. And he he actually did a podcast as well. Um, now a couple he's won an Oscar, ago. I think, from Vice. Or oh, I'm sorry, Big Short. Big Short. Big Short. Yeah. Did read that book. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's a re- really good movie. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's gone on to just do yeah. some really, really big stuff. So so that, uh, his podcast was, it was like uh, unexpectedly awesome or something like that. It was it was basically, I think he's after he did Big Short, he was like, there's, I realized there's all these things that I had no idea about in the world, like, you know, the global financial meltdown. Um, and he learned a lot about that. And he's like, I, I want to... Try to uncover like each episode is something else that he didn't realize was was kind of awesome, and they just kind of like, dive into it. So I think it only had like a few a few episodes, but kind of a cool concept too. Yeah, he's uh, and he's directing this. There's a Lakers project that's coming up. That's going to be on like the back like the, LA the showtime. Lakers? Yeah, the showtime part of the LA Lakers. So he's he's directing that, I believe. So there's been a lot of talk about it. John C. Riley is actually in it as well, playing Dr. Jerry Buss. All right. So that uh, will be coming down the road. I'm sure everyone's kind of ca- trying to capitalize on the uh, the glorified sports moments after the the Michael Jordan, yeah, yeah, the last ten dance. part, the last dance doc. So yeah, he's uh, he's the man. He's done a ton of stuff, and that's just it's so interesting to see him go from you know Anchorman and Talladega Nights. His first this. movie he wrote is Anchorman. Yeah, that's the first movie he wrote, and then right <laughs> Vice and The Big Short. I really enjoy his work as well. Again, like I said, I didn't love this movie when I first saw it, but upon viewing it again, I gained much more. It definitely doesn't hurt to watch it again, but if you like it, you'll love it again. But if yet, to your point, I think both of you, the rewatch only bolsters what you may not have appreciated the first time around. Yeah, I can. This is one I can watch at any time. Surprisingly awesome is the name of his podcast that I was thinking. Just, uh, just you know, so we don't get the hate. I'm trying to think if I, I'm trying to like more. See how like unexpectedly awesome more. Yeah. Is that available? <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe it is. Do we have another Michael Clayton situation on our hands? <laughs> you could have right. named it better. Could have named it better. That one's close, but yeah. It uh I'm just looking at some of the stuff that he's written and yeah. He's kind of well, did he write other guy the other guys too? Did we did you guys already say that? Uh um, he directed it. I don't know if he wrote it. But that's that, that's another he did not yeah, he wrote great it. Will, Will yeah. Farrell. Movie that we'll have to dive into at some point. <laughs> Rob Riggle's in that too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, he wrote that. He wrote that, and then the campaign was like Will Ferrell and Galifianakis. I saw um, that as like politicians. Oh yeah, I think I, I did see that it one. Was great, I don't think it was but, that great. Um, yeah, he wrote that, and then he wrote Get Hard, Kevin Hart and, and Will Ferrell. Ferrell. I never saw that. I'm, I'm sensing a trend here. <laughs> I think he likes working with Will Ferrell. Then he was like, Oh yeah, uh, 
just going to direct this big shit. <laughs> <laughs> big short and vice, two huge movies. Right. So. Well, as always, thanks for listening. Please subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're currently enjoying this podcast. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Our O-U-R Film Fathers. Thanks, and go to bed. I got a belly full of white dog crap and now you lay this shit on me?